Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture and films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. It's not going to be long today. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the last last movie of 1984. Thank God. Yeah. What a what a like fart to go out on, though. Like, no kidding. I <laughs> like I I'll tell you, folks. I was like trying to not be here. <laughs> I hated this movie. <laughs> she really was. Um, I'm gonna lay I'm gonna lay it down real quick for you. Unfortunately, due to scheduling, uh, my sister will not be joining us tonight. So my apologies to Matt Damon. Um, but yeah, we are we are here for the never ending story. Uh, Lindsay, can you confirm whether or not you had seen this before watching this? Before I have seen this, yeah, and I and I knew that I had seen it. Okay. Um, but I remember not liking it as a kid and I remember like kind of zoning out when it was on. So I knew that I had never really like paid a lot of attention, even though it had been on a bunch. And I was always like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> and watching it again, I was like, yeah, no, confirmed. I hate this. This is <laughs> I really didn't like this movie, folks. I really, really didn't. And Scott, maybe you can shed some light on why it is that people do like this movie, because I can't for the life of me put my finger on it. But, uh, you know, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Do you want to uh, break down? Yeah, let me break this thing down for us. Break it down a little bit. Um, So, like I said, here we are. (laughs) Never ending story. Um, Unlike other films of this year, this movie is filled with honestly, relatively completely unknown people, like not just from the cast, but the crew as well. Like this movie is directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um, and this, which is, ba- it's based off of a fantasy novel series by Michael Ende, um, who assisted in converting it to a screenplay alongside both Peterson and Herman Weigel, <laughs> but absolutely nobody at, from an actor standpoint was known at this point, the real world. So there's two stories that take place in this movie for people who don't remember in the real world, the main character is a character named Bastion, who's played by Barrett Oliver. In the in story, kind of an inception of stories, um, is Noah Hathaway's Atreyu. Um, the film was also the first ever on-screen appearance of Tammy Stronick as the child empress. However, this is important to me, and I put this note in here because my sister was supposed to be here and she would appreciate this, but I also feel like Lindsay and I have discussed this movie before, so she might appreciate this too. Oh, we have. Alan Oppenheimer was the voice of both Falcor and Gamork. And I'm going to drop a fun factor on you guys right at the beginning here, which is not something I normally do. But Alan Oppenheimer is the voice of Oomp, the Boomp's leader from the movie Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. So if anybody remembers that movie, it's those creatures, those goblin creatures that morph together like clay. Mm. There's four. There's five of them. I hated that movie more than maybe anything else in the world. Oh my God. That shit terrified me. I did not. I first of all, don't know what you're talking about, which is probably a good sign. (laughs) Second of all, but I just, no, I, I did not like that movie. That movie scared the motherfucker out of me. And for some reason we would put it on and I, I'll never understand why. Cause it was like on VHS and it was like, yeah, put it in like this time. It wasn't going to be scary. Yeah. Like it was going to be a different movie this time. Definition of insanity. Like I just, I hated that movie, but you know what? I I will say the fact that there is um, some kind of crossover in the Venn diagram of this movie and that doesn't surprise me. Like that's, they're both awful. They're both awful. <laughs> See, that's what's so funny. Like, I loved, I loved Little Nemo as a kid. And here's here's what's like wild. I loved this movie as a kid. There were a lot of things. That, first of all, this movie scared the shit out of me at certain parts gamork scared the fuck out of me when atreyu has to walk through the southern oracle scared the shit out of me it just there was there were tons of things that were like horrendously terrifying about this movie 
But before we get into any of that, let me break it down for you guys as a plot. And I realized that we hadn't been doing the plot. I said this last time, but I realized we haven't been doing the plot, but I also wanted to throw in a new thing. We're going to start talking about where you guys can watch these movies. So the plot of this movie, for anybody who hasn't seen it, is a young boy desperate for friendship and is thrust into the epic story of a mystical and dangerous book where he sets out on a wondrous adventure to free the dying world of Fantasia from the catastrophic forces of the nothing. Which I honestly think is a pretty spot on. It, I, I even I want to push back even on your summary. I know, because it's not I'm mystical like, or adventurous. No, it's like, because he doesn't have dick to do with it. He really, well, okay. Because like, he doesn't go on an adventure, we'll get into it. We yeah. will get there. However, I just, <laughs> yeah, sure. God damn it. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have never been so negative on anything that we've reviewed so, so far. I'm like. I kind of feel like you haven't, yeah. What the fuck? I hated this. But yeah, the streaming service that it's on, and this like doubly pissed me off. Is apparently it's on Netflix. It's only on Netflix. So, and I shouldn't say only. It is available on like Vudu and Amazon Prime and shit. I'm only going to be referencing the ones where you don't have to pay to watch the movie again. Like you pay for the service, but then you have to pay for the movie. This is why I was mad. Um, I didn't read your note. And normally on my Apple TV, when I just use like the voice search to search for something, it'll tell me if it's on Netflix or HBO. Like it'll be like open in this other app where this is available. And it didn't do that. And I was just like immediately like find rent and watch now. And then oh, I saw no. your note and I was like, son of a bitch. I just lost $3 on this. I will never get that time or money back. Dude, <laughs> I would say I'll reimburse you, but it's funnier that it didn't pop up for you. It's, so that's it's $3. Please do not send me $3. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> I feel like I need to give you some happy stuff to talk about. So take us through the timeline. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to be so angry through this whole review. So, okay, um, the year continues to be 1984. I promise you guys, by the way, this is the last movie in 1984. It is, and I was going to say, while it is the last of 1984, we have like three movies in 85, and I think yeah, we, we have four in 86. So we have like several months to go before mm. we get through the 80s because that there and then there's a, a good number of them in 89 but by the time we're in 89 we're looking at like the little mermaid and batman and things like that yep. so um but yeah we are coming towards the end ish but we're definitely at the end of 1984 last tidbits for this year are this is the year that tetris was originally released which is fun jeopardy first aired in 84 hell yeah let's go i fucking love jeopardy dude my entire family is about that shit yep jeopardy is awesome um i suck at it <laughs> my friend chris is really good at it my mom would tell you to just start watching it watch it at any time and you'll just become smart become smart i would agree um the first untethered spacewalk happened in 84 which is ballsy that's sick and the first mtv music video awards aired so that's Hell super yeah. fun yeah that is that's a cool. cool one i put more stock in the mtv music or video music awards than I do the Academy most times. Yeah, definitely. And it was probably a bigger event than the spacewalk, to be honest. I agree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the MTV music video awards, especially in 1999. That was really the year mm -hmm. when they sang Ba with a Ba with a full chorus as the oh intro. I'll never forget that. <laughs> that was when like the Eminem show was out and Britney Spears first album like that was like that was a time to be alive in pop culture. If you didn't get Holy to experience shit. 1999, I'm really sorry. It was like I was the 10 best. years old. I was 11. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were we we're about the same age. We were like 11 yeah. and 12. Um, yeah, 99 was where it was at. Yes. Hell yeah. So, and by you, I meant the listeners, Scott. Sorry, I, I was know. like, yeah, Thank no you. shit. No, I, got I know it. that we were there. I, there. I recognize like, you and I were there. Yeah. For <laughs> listeners, if you weren't there for yeah, if you if you were blipped during the snap of 1999, Scott, you didn't catch catch it. God, I can't I wait to get to 99 because I mean I hope we have like a thousand movies in 99 because oh, there's I'm a sure thousand will. facts. I will be so much more enthusiastic when we get to the 90s. So this year, uh, we've already talked a bunch about the Oscars. Um, this movie was totally overlooked. Nothing, uh, no nominations in the Academy, but it did win the Bambi Award for national film. Yeah, national film. So, okay. What that's does that mean? We need to get into this really quickly. Um, this was not made in the United States. This movie was actually mostly fronted 
in Germany. Okay. And it became the top grossing film or like the top grossing West German American fantasy film like of all time. It still is one of the highest grossing films in Germany ever. Okay, but like how many other West German fantasy films? Exactly. What? I know. (laughs) The best and the only. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like, all right, cool. (laughs) It's like getting an award at your job that no one else gives a shit about. Yeah, pretty much. It's their, but you know, good for them. Good for them. Um, and so is that what the, uh, is that what the, what's the Bambi award? I, I don't know. It's like, I have no idea what the Bambi awards even are. I know what the Saturn awards are. And I, and, um, Noah Hathaway, who plays a Treyu, um, won best performance by a young actor. He won a Saturn award for this movie. Um, and if memory serves, he's like the only one that went on to actually do, relatively anything else in film alan oppenheimer did voiceovers for a little bit but nothing like majorly well known like i said he did little nemo and i guarantee you i could pull 10 random people on the street and ask them if they knew that movie and they would all say no definitely and also you know what this should be a career ending film Uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay so now that you brought that up i do want to drop another fun fact (laughs) damn it Son of a bitch. Tammy Stronick, who played the child empress, actually never wanted to be an actress. After this movie came out, she returned to what she really loved, which was dancing. Um, However, in 2017, she did return to film and television full time. um, And I don't know why. She was in like 30 seconds of this movie. Yeah, she's at the tail end. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that none of these guys... A lot of these 80s kids, though, didn't... It's not like Elliot did anything. You no, know I mean? he really didn't. Like, neither did Ralph Macchio until... <laughs> until Karate Kid 2 and 3 and then Cobra Kai. <laughs> and Cobra Kai, yeah. He's just, like, only in the Karate Kid. I wonder what they do for money in between. Like, does do they make just so much residual off of this one really famous movie that they don't have to work? I can actually answer that. Noah Hathaway runs a tattoo parlor in LA now. Oh, really? Yeah. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. But no, I don't. I, I have no idea what happened to Barrett Oliver. What, what, what was that his name? Yeah, Barrett I Oliver. No, yeah, no for idea. Bastion. From E.T.? No, Bastion. I don't remember the kid's name from E.T. And I we just did it like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Well, and you know I don't do names anyway. Yeah. It's lucky if I know the character name. I, beyond that, it's on, it's on you. Um, so speaking of E.T. and some of these other movies that we've done, um, I just wanted to draw attention once again, as we will throughout the 80s and likely into the 90s. Um, the parents in this, this is not good. This is really bad. I first of all want to draw attention to what he's eating. His dad has his He puts a bunch of orange juice in the blender and adds a raw egg to it and just drinks that. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's just fucking gross, dude. What even was that? Is that a thing? Like egg no, and OJ? I hope it's not. I really hope fuck? it's not because that is super fucking gross. Your other note here, though, by the way, I actually had to go back and think about it. He is our first 80s dad. E.T. was just the mom. Um, Karate Kid was just his mom. It was like this important thing of not having... Like not having dads or whatever, I guess was like a huge deal. Yeah, it's the, you know, and I think we actually touched on this a little bit uh, last week with Karate Kid because we were starting to pick up on this trend of the single mom, right? Yeah. And the way that divorce was becoming more prevalent at the time. Like, I do think that this is a continued interesting reflection on what the American family life was starting to look like. And it was this really stark change from what we had in the fifties, sixties, even the seventies, right? Like it particular, like the, the idea of the fifties family, the fifties housewife the nuclear and, family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and they, they call it that in uh stranger things, right? Yep. 
again to align to that like this concept yeah. of the nuclear family exactly and the 80s is where that starts to break down i think as evidenced by that scene in stranger things like that's really showing like the kids starting to think a different way and divorce yep. is becoming a thing and i think that's what we're seeing in these movies with the single parents but this is not only our first dad full stop but our first single dad and yeah. the only other dad that we've seen in the 80s at all has been vader which is definitely does not it count as being part of 80s i mean he is a single dad but it doesn't really count as like it doesn't star wars doesn't exactly take place in america in the 1980s so i think we can rule vader out but apart from him there are no dads in the movies we've talked about and this guy sucks dude he does this starts a whole new uh trope of dads doesn't it it really kind of does it's the aloof dad that like very clearly like does not I don't want to say he doesn't care about Bastion because I think that's that's a little heavy-handed to say he doesn't care about him. But yeah, it's he, this kid is a latchkey kid for sure. Definitely. And oh, I mean, we see that and he's getting his ass beat as a result, which is also very 80s and has mm-hmm. been in like every one of these movies, except yeah. Elliot. I don't think Elliot got his ass beat. But other uh, than him, all the kids, did he? They get no, he didn't. It. No, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. He got, okay, picked okay, on okay. By, uh, he got picked on by Brad's older friends. Right. But that's not the same as this. This is yeah. like the bullying we've seen in the last couple of movies has been like life threatening. So. Oh, I know. Um, But uh so what I do think about this guy, though, his dad, is that he, it, the trope I'm thinking of is like the dad who's become a single dad through tragedy, mm-hmm. right? This kid's mom died. Yeah. And it seems like recently, the way they talk about it, right? Like relatively yeah, like, recently. He's still quiet and like reserved and like he's still, the kid is still trying to like deal with it in some way. Yeah. And he's pretty young. Like he's got to be what, nine or 10? Like he's a pretty young kid. Yeah. And they, he says, I had another dream about mom. So, like, for sure, mom died in the last five years for him to be able to remember her. Pro- I would say probably within the last two. I would agree. I think probably – I actually, because of his behavior, which I'm about to get into, I'd say mom probably died within the last 18 months. Yeah, Right? Definitely. Two years tops. Mm-hmm. And – this is a whole I think we see this in movies and TV a lot, right, where the dads are like, don't know how to handle that with their sons, yep. like and experience that emotion. And even with daughters, I think you see that trope um, with, yeah. with sing- newly single dads who like don't know how to talk about it. And they're kind of like drinking their weird egg and OJ shake and like pushing it <laughs> under the rug. And uh, he's he really is like he's like, how come you're not doing better in school? How come you're late? How come you're failing math? How come? And it's like, um, obviously, he's like in morning and like had a traumatic experience and like needs help and they're like his dad's just like don't be late for school like i'm not gonna give you horseback riding lessons if you don't put your shit together and i'm like dad so i want to speak on this for a minute because this is very 80s and 80s had this like atypical male presence um was you're not allowed to be upset right now like you can't you can't show emotion you can't be and it's unfortunately it's something that's like carried on into modern day men can't cry like men have to be mm-hmm. strong and da, da 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 and i think that's what we're seeing on full display here is the dad is just trying to the dad is checked out like he has moved on he's like all right my wife died like come on like kid you got to pick yourself up like life happens get your shit together let's go be a man yeah he's not dealing with it neither of them is and you're right it is like a masculinity thing agreed yeah absolutely he um and you can kind of tell because he like he brushes off his the Bastion's mention of having a dream about mom. Mm-hmm. Like he a you know he's heard it before, and it's kind of one of those things where the dad is just like, dude, I don't want to hear this anymore. Like, come on, grow the because he's up. not he's not dealing with it right. There's like a yeah. whole other movie happening here, which has been a trend as well, where it's like, it's wait, true. hang on, something way way more interesting to me happening in the first like minute and a half of this movie, and. It all falls apart. Like my after this is when I start to not be happy. Well, okay. So then he meets his mystical book man, right? He leaves here and yeah. he ma- he meets the mystical book man who's like, oh, your books are safe. If you go into this book, it's like Jumanji. And I'm like, I yep. could be into that conceptually. Yep. I am on board with this movie up to the point where he steals the book because he's got like a compelling shitty life with like this checked yeah. out dad. And he he's wants getting to bullied escape to a different bad. world. Yeah, and then he meets like mystery book man in the in the creepy old bookstore. 
all of this tracks for me and like book Jumanji, if that's where this had gone and where I would think that a remake should go. Um, they should have like a Jumanji fucking spinoff that is never ending story, but like done well, that would be cool. But, and, and you have to go into the book. This is what pissed me off. I was like, you are in no way in this story, motherfucker. Like I get it. I get the whole, like I, but okay. Anyway, I'm on board up to that point. (laughs) And then after that, it loses me completely. So <laughs> this is a really good time because I just realized that we didn't discuss the sequels, but this is a really good time to talk about why there hasn't been a remake. Um, and it's because Michael Ende, who was the author of the book, fucking hated the final production of this movie. Good. And it became a PL Travers situation with Disney. Oh, where he was like, which to be clear for listeners is the author of Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was like, Nope, never again. Will the rights to any of my material be provided to any television or film in any capacity? And I, this is so recent. Cause I was thinking about this. I'm like, dude, we're living in the age of remakes right now. Um, as of May of 2021, Wolfgang Peterson has confirmed that the rights are still, quote, tied up in litigation and there is no end in sight. Wow. So we will never get a remake of Never Ending Story. Never I think Michael Ende would have indeed. to die. And I think, I know, the Never Ending Story that actually has ended. Well, if if he has it this tied up in life, there's no way that it won't be part of the will. And oh, he yeah. can't touch that unless whoever I, I would imagine that'll be the end of it. But yeah. we'll talk more about that in a little while, because I still think you could do this without the rights. I think what I'm proposing is different enough no, that it I doesn't agree. matter because I hated this. <laughs> you can definitely do it in a different way. It comes off as more like page master kind, like the way you're kind of talking about. Like you have to go into these books to like learn your lesson and shit. Yeah, I would rather it be like Jumanji. Yeah. Um, but the way that the Jumanji video game works, like not it coming to you, you like the original Jumanji, side, yeah. but you going to it. Yeah, that would be cool. And you know what? There's a book series like that called... Zathura. No, no. Zathura's Jumanji in space. Um, oh, that's This right. is about going into like classic books and it's a whole book series and it's called something catchy and I don't remember what it's called and it's oh going to bother me and I might have to get my iPad to find it on my Kindle app. And Unbelievable. I know, but it's really cool. It's like they go into like one of the Bronte sister books. Oh. And they have to like make sure the plot happens to like save the book. And the whole thing is they're like book detectives, but they have to like, they're like rescuing stories by like going into them and stopping shit from going wrong. It's so cool. Um, Yeah. I read the first couple of those. It was really good. I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. Um, But anyway, the point is that that would be cool. This was terrible. And so how come it got two sequels? Tell me about this. What are these? I will never watch them. No, don't. So technically, and this is what's so weird. The never ending story. This movie is only the first half of the original book. And so the never ending story two picks up where the never ending story one left off. However, because Michael Ende hated it so much, it is only loosely at best based off the novel. And then I think it's either TriStar or Miramax was like, dude, we've got to do a third one. And so they were like, okay, we're going to do a third one, but um, it has literally no material. This is a completely original fake made up story. No one came back for it. Every character got fucking recast except for like background characters and like deuter antagonists. It just like the only fun fact that came out of this was that this was one of Jack Black's first speaking roles was never ending story three. He plays, um, I can't remember. It's like slap or slip or something like that in, uh, in the third one, he's the bully. And the point of the third one is he finds the book, the never ending book and makes the things happening in the book start happening in the real world. So Jumanji, okay. basically, so I get yeah. where they went. Got it. Mm-hmm. I also did not know this until I did the research for this, but Jack Black was also in um, Sylvester Stallone's 
uh, Demolition Man. He's a background character in Demolition Man. It's just like working his way up in Hollywood. Yeah, he's just like showing up in the 80s and I didn't even know it. So can you give me like one sentence on what Neverending Story 2 is about? Like if they did this Dune style, what is the second half of this? Since they uh, The second one is like, the uh, if I remember correctly, it's like the this cult that worships the nothing tries to bring the nothing back. Okay. All right. Sure. Thanks. Or something like that. I was, honestly that don't even exactly remember. exactly the length of description that I wanted. Yeah. Um, God. All right. Well, so those are things that happened. Yep. And it's why we're not going to get a remake, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I so, we'll talk more about it. Um, I have some comments on it when I give ratings on like what I versions of this that are not the worst. I well, have some yeah. comments on later. I do also want to point out this bullies thing seems to be a common thing. We get it in the early 90s, too, with like the Mighty Ducks and shit. Mm-hmm. But there is something ridiculous to me about 80s prepubescent bullies. They're the worst. They Even are horrible. Ones and Karate Kid were terrible. Dude, they are. Like, first of all, and I said this, I think, like five or six times during the Karate Kid episode, they fuck with this kid for no reason. Right. And in this, like, hey, your mom's dead. Ha 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 ha. Like, yeah, this seems to be about kid? his mom. Like, it's what yeah. I d- didn't they say something about that, or did I'm I just pretty draw sure that they connection? Do. They're like, why are you always talking about your mom, and how can you know what or like how, whatever? Like, we never I mean, see it's with like your mom. Dudley Dursley does it yeah. a little bit too, right? In that yep. space in the early '90s, and Where's your mom, Dudley Potter? was like more despicable. That's because um, he's a fucking. Since dick. they were well, and they were related, right? Like yeah. that was the like they lived at the same house. Like that was what what made Dudley so despicable. But yeah, it's because it seemed like the other kids at like Harry's Muggle School didn't like he didn't get ripped on incessantly for no. Being they orphan. just didn't just help Dudley him out because his... Dudley would have beat the shit out of him. Right. It was, just, and then it was only Dudley and his friends that bullied yeah. him. Like it was so, God. Petunia was so toxic. All right. Anyway, yeah, she is. oh my God, dude. I can't. <laughs> I fuck the 80s. I'm so Dude, over this. We're going to have an entire I, like episode just talking about the dystopian nightmare that is Harry's home life. Harry's home life. Yeah, I God help me. We're going to have we're going to have like a thousand episodes on Harry Potter. I can't wait to get there. I am excited to work through the 80s as fun as this has been. Obviously, our childhood was a little bit further along in the yeah. timeline, so we're getting stoked for that. Um, but we are here to talk about this dumpster fire. So let's talk about the way it looks. Um, I hated awful. I hated it. It looks awful. Right? It's bad, right? It blows my mind that we came from the Return of the Jedi and the Ghostbusters within a year of each other. And then we got this movie. This yeah. honestly plays out like a shitty 80s hair metal band music video. Totally. Every, totally. like, dude, <laughs> I kept expecting for Atreyu to start running with the back the 3d added background and it'd be like oh my god i it just i don't even have words because like i kept thinking twisted sister was going to show up at some point and here's what's crazy like not all (laughs) not every like not every scene was awful there were some like right. really like practical effects wise. There were some really awesome scenes in this. The entire scene of the nothing destroying the tower of the Empress was fucking cool. Yeah, they had so they made really good use of miniatures and clay. Agreed. Right, and it's and I my complaint with this is not how obvious the like green screening is and stuff because it yeah. is, and that's not my problem. Like that's. I mean, it's atrocious, and at this point in the timeline, no one should be able to get away with that. We've had fucking three Star Wars movies. It does not need to look like that when he rides the stupid dragon. It really doesn't. Oh, my God. However. It's awful. Like, like, that explains why it didn't win any awards. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that is, I'm like, okay, and good. Because we said that last week. We were, like, surprised that this didn't get nominated for visual effects. And then now I'm watching it, and I'm like, why would we say that? (laughs) So, I don't know. Why were Um, we so dumb and naive back then? We were so stupid seven days ago. So, um, (laughs) I, but that's not really my problem with it. That's, like, good it didn't get nominated. But my real issue with it is, like, is kind of the some of the practical effects like the zoomed out ones of the like of the castle and things like that look yeah. good, but the characters oh my god i hate this aesthetic 
Like, it's not that it didn't look acceptable. Some of it did. Like, the rock monster actually looked not, Uh-oh. like, the most terrible thing I've ever He's seen. He's actually my like, favorite character in this movie. With these great hands. Like I like I the turtle. The turtle was dope. The turtle also used to scare me when I was a kid, too. Yeah, turtle's a little scary. Turtle's very, um, it's very Pratchett. Yes. Right? So, I'm, very much. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's like the Discworld turtle. Um, I'm cool with the, oh, and there's also a Discworld turtle in, uh, avatar last airbender right well yeah he's the lion turtle yeah yeah so cool about all that there's also turtle gods in song of ice and fire that's true there's also a turtle god in it turtle yeah there is giant turtle spirit vomited the universe there is yeah turtles are dope turtles are like a cool thing in fantasy so it was like neat that there was a turtle in this because that's Mm. that's like standard like that should be there i feel by now everybody knows turtles are magical in some way you know what's weird is there's no turtles in Tolkien. Like you would think that that's Are where something serious? like that that's came from. Are you serious? That's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, you would really think that there would be some root in, in in Tolkien, but there's no magical turtles in Tolkien or in Harry Potter. Just oh my god, you're right. Like we don't even see someone using a turtle shell as a cauldron. No, never. Turtles are never mentioned, but they're in almost everything else. Like they, Dude, that's I guess crazy. there's no turtle god in Wheel of Time either. To be fair, that we're aware of. So maybe oh. it's not everything. But there's a lot of turtles. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything turtles are this, dope. If you guys pull anything movie. from this episode, it's the turtles are dope. The turtle was the only special effect in this movie that I didn't like actively hate. You didn't like Gamork? Um, the wolf? What the? Uh, no. Okay. The wolf looked pretty okay. The wolf looked pretty good. But that was sort of one of the more ethereal practical effects. Most of the time, yeah. the wolf was shown with just the eyes. Like they did that kind of stuff really well. But it was once they had to show something talking, it was like it all went out the window. Yeah. The dragon wasn't the worst thing either. Like some when of it was, not was flying, almost acceptable. Fine. Yeah. When yeah. Falcor is not flying, I was like, okay, this isn't like horrendous. It still looks like weird. And I don't get why they had to make his tongue move like that when he talks. Oh, but... I don't know, man. I, they're all like like Muppets, but they're not Muppets. Yeah. And so it makes it like not okay. Like they're re- these weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, man. Something about like that's the uncanny valley to me. That's what it is. It's the uncanny valley of Muppets and I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really a lot of it was bad. And I just hate this whole 80s aesthetic. Like even yeah. the guy who had like pretty like the makeup was good like the in the first scene where there's the rock monster and like that oh the travelers the bat uh the bat rider and the dude that the snail racer yeah the one that had all of the uh, the practical effects and the process yeah the bat rider right the bat rider he like it it was done reasonably well but i hate the way that it looks i agree so i just looking at it like and i feel like everything in this movie was like that even the bits that were not actually done poorly i couldn't stand to look at yeah. so, so some of that is just my taste where i'm like i fucking hate this no and i honestly i'm the same way like the the part that really kind of like and this always scared me as a kid too but it was the part where the knight tries to walk through the southern oracles and the the two oracle statues which are basically just sphinxes i don't know why they don't just call them that right um open their eyes and like blast this dude i was like dude that's fucking crazy like that actually didn't look super horrible but then atreyu walking through the valley looks absolutely god awful and then you come up it's a practical effect and it scared the shit out of me um it just shows like a really fucking weird close-up of the armor of the knight and then the wind is blowing and the wind blows open his mask and it's just like this burnt charred skeletal melted skin face and i was like nope that's awful that's it's ridiculous i also do want to point out that there is no nudity warning in this movie and these uh sphinx statues were gifted (laughs) like i just feel like i need to point that out for anybody who doesn't remember wants to show this to their kids these statues probably it was cold in that desert. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's It was so crazy to me. I was like, what the fuck? This is just like they're out there. They're here. Like, we're just like, and we're not, no one's going to say anything about it. Yeah. 
that's it's more common in the 80s right and also i think, I think taking the german thing actually tracks here too i think that's true too i keep forgetting that part yeah, yeah. european tv is great because of nudity there's so much nudity yeah. on tv in Europe take it away uk I, thank you dude it's true when i moved to the uk i was like uh i saw my first dick on television not the first dick i'd seen but the first, Good, <laughs> first dick i'd seen on tv i really i'm like that. i did i immediately was like and let me de-nerd myself here <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I, didn't, I didn't save myself till college but no the first dick i saw on tv in the uk was um was wild to me and i was like you guys like yeah, that's it crazy. was yeah, and I was just talking to my friend about this because she's watching like an Australian lifeguard show or something. And I was like, she's been binging this for a few days. And I was like, are you seeing so much dick? And she's like, it's incredible. Like everyone on this beach <laughs> is naked. And they just, and America didn't um, get on board with that until really recently. And I love seeing it. It was something my mom used to talk about a lot. Like yeah. when we'd watch Sex in the City, right? And she'd oh, get, yeah. Like, she'd get frustrated, right? Because she's like, there's naked women on this every single episode. And there's never any dudes because they won't ever show dog on TV. And now I they do. And it's awesome. Was It was like a huge deal that Kim Jong, or Kim Jong, Ken Jong, uh, the comedian, actually like showed his dick on The Hangover 2. Like it was a huge exactly. deal. And I remember thinking like, okay like half well, the world are dudes yeah. and dudes have seen their dicks before like why is i know this so seriously weird? it's and women have been naked on tv forever yeah. like why do we cut away it's so strange and uh yeah they started doing it and it was a big deal because for a long time if you were gonna have dick in your shot it was like x rating mm -hmm. that was what was happening like which yeah. is why they weren't doing it because the uh whatever what's the agency called the ratings bureau or whatever the oh the mpaa the, the motion yeah, picture association the, yeah the mpaa would like which give is you basically just rating. a bunch of moms in a room i want to point i want exactly. everybody to know that the mpaa is not actually an official like governing it's anything it's just a bunch of fucking moms and like yeah, people totally. in the room that are like mm, that's a wiener r right away Yep. Well, and that's, that's, well, no, it was X, right? Well, that yeah, was the thing true. for a long time. It was like women, it was fine. But if you were going to show Dong on TV, it was going to go X. So for a long time, they didn't do it. And then the trend was for the last, starting kind of with Westworld and Game of Thrones, right? So maybe it's the last decade or so ish, almost a decade. Um, it was like you could show dick, but it had it, you could never have an erect penis on television. Was no. a hard no, and I kind of get that, right? Even though it's like it's prosthetics, it's not as though anybody's like out there, it's whatever. But um, also, I hope I you guys know I am joking. Like the MPA is a legitimate organization. I'm not. I'm just like <laughs> I'm just. Well, being no, but also, isn't it a bunch of moms? But it like, is isn't it just also a bunch, a bunch of moms? Of moms? Like yeah. just because it's an official org doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean it's not still. Yeah, like so, so was Mac. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, so it was mad but but now as of like a like euphoria is the first thing really to do this um now now they're like they're hard on tv so yeah, anyway that's crazy. the history of penises on television i'm glad we went down this road i don't know how we even got here what were we talking <laughs> we were about talking about the southern oracles and how they're topless oh yeah totally totally so there's tits in the movie um also i do just want to point out Oh yeah, the Germans. That's what we're talking. Well, yeah, we were talking about Germany. Yeah, because of Germany, dude. They were in the eighties. Everything was yeah. fine. It was fine. No one cared that they were, and they're not even like. It wasn't like a real person, right? Because it's a, a no. Yeah, it's it's a statue, it. so no one's going to mm -hmm. give a shit. But I do want to point this out because we're going to be covering the Goonies in a couple weeks too, and there is actually a dick in Goonies. For anybody who doesn't remember this movie, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. It's at the very beginning. <laughs> Chunk knocks a small statue of Michelangelo off the um, the table, and the dick breaks off, and so they try to glue it back on, but chunk glues it on upside down and when he shows that it's on upside down it does this ridiculous zoom in to show you that it was glued on upside down i don't know if that counts but i look forward to seeing it no i think it's just in this <laughs> it's in the same vein as the nudity in this movie like it's not sure, actual sure. nudity but it's still like wow okay we went there and it only has a pg or it only has like a pg rating yeah dude the 80s were a different time they, like, they really were people were less <laughs> sensitive yeah. Oh, guaranteed. I mean, I think about what would have happened if, uh, like these days or even in the last couple of decades, 
somebody was like thrown into a dirty fucking dumpster in the city by their schoolmates. Oh my God. Like those kids, this would have been national news. Yeah. Like that kind of shit would never fly. And and it makes me wonder whether that really happened or if this oh, is I like bet it did. movie 100%. world of the 80s. Is no, I like totally think that shit happened. I totally believe that shit happened because there's too many movies that show it for it to, for people to be like, ha ha ha, the bully trope, LOL. No, that shit had to come from somewhere. You think so? You don't think it's just like even if it's not like that dash- over and over and over again? I mean, maybe, but it, it can't. It can't come up that often and there not be some kernel of truth behind it. Yeah. And bullying was like a huge, it was huge a huge thing. deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And to a degree, well, and I'm going to advocate for this, but to a degree, I think bullying helps. It helps ke- teach kids to stand up for themselves, which is eventually what Bastion does at the end of this movie. He stands up to his bullies. Granted, he has a fucking dragon with him, but he gains confidence it it helps you and i'm not i'm not saying like bullying is right and you need to do it please do not misconstrue what i'm saying sorry i just no. like, threw stuff across my desk but um. <laughs> i would say more like working through conflict yeah. and learning how to do that the right way is a good thing that kids need to be able to do i don't I think you have to be bullied to work to learn how to work through conflict no but i think that bullying First of all, it's going to happen. So I have never experienced a situation where I was bullied and I said, hey, I don't like that. Don't do that. And it worked. Like advocating for my mom right now, (laughs) my mom would always say, just walk away or just tell a grown up or just ignore them. I'm sorry, mom. I love you to death. But that shit does not work. It it didn't work for me in school. I, I could never, if someone was bullying me and I just said, hey, I don't like that, or I just ignored them, it kept happening. Because they're like, oh, dude, he's not going to do anything cool. Let's yeah, just but that doesn't make it a going. good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. No, I know. I'm not saying it's a good <laughs> thing at all. I'm just saying, like, there are other ways to handle shit. Like, I feel like you do need to stand up for yourself in some way. Like, just i mean yes but i don't think that makes i would push back on saying that bullying is like a helpful thing for kids i'm not no i worded that wrong and i I, (laughs) i'm like no walk that back that's wrong (laughs) i I don't mean like i think but yes working through conflict and being able to stand up for yourself are in the right way are important things to learn how to be able to have self-efficacy and advocate better for yourself it's okay i have the language i'm like i know what you're trying to say (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna stop talking now because i feel like this episode's (laughs) gonna get me in trouble Oh Scott loves God. bullying. He's a bully. Like it's, no. it's not great. Like no, <laughs> no. I know. I know what you mean, though. And like, yes, like working through how to like improve your self efficacy and figure it out is good. But like, all of the bullies we've seen in the eighties are terrible. And they if are. You, they are horrendous human beings. If you were a teenager in the eighties, listeners, please let us know if how much of this is legit because oh, yeah. we were not that old in the eighties. And, and were all the bullies really wearing leather and those jackets without sleeves that had like like one at or two age pins? ten? Yeah, yeah, they still look like greasers. Yeah, <laughs> the one kid had a fucking Rolling Stones pin on, them. and I'm like, who? What? Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> they were definitely greasers in this movie it was oh, yeah, it's weird i'm kind of looking forward to not dealing with this trope anymore i'm kind of like oh yeah I I get it. and i need to rewatch stranger things because the new season's coming out and i'm like oh lord that's maybe i'm gonna I know that. it's just gonna come right back also fun fact for you guys this is another movie in the 80s where stranger things took something stranger things season three has god i can never remember oh yeah name. Susie and dustin uh-huh uh it's at the it's like the last episode of season three or second to last or something like that they need the code to figure out how to get into the russian like vault or lot safe or whatever and Susie can figure it out and dustin is trying to get her to answer it but she'll only do it if the two of them duet the never ending story theme song <laughs> and it is very funny they're singing it while the one car is being chased by the mind flare beast and then the other fucking what is it? Winona Ryder and John Hurt or John Hurt, Jesus. Uh, yeah, what? What is his name? Sean Astin. No, no sorry, he's dead. He's um, dead. Uh, um, I don't know, man. Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, I knew it was an H, but that's not his real name. They're stuck in this like Russian fucking military facility, and these kids are just singing the Never Ending Story theme song. 
that shit cracked me up yeah that was good i enjoyed that and and the theme song made me laugh but only because of stranger things like it was just this movie did very little to stand up on its own but i get how nerdy kids in 84 Oh, would have loved this movie? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because there was really very little else, you know. Like, when did Willow come out? It was out. It was in the eighties. I think it was like at the end of the eighties. Willow, I refuse. We're not. I'm not doing it. I don't want to Willow. If Um, we're doing that, we're gonna fucking cover Legend, and I'm not covering Legend because that movie drives me nuts. I love Tim Curry to death, but I'm not doing it. I want to get to the nineties. No more pit stops. Yeah, the only (laughs) pit stops we're making are for new movies. Yeah, agreed. So. The only thing that I didn't hate about this movie, if I try to be positive for a second. Hooray. Yeah, is <laughs> the, I swear to God, I can't wait till we get to The Little Mermaid. I'm going to be so happy. So I I like the concept that it's like you have to be involved in the story and like reading matters something, something, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I I do like that aspect of it where like, and that's why I think that a Jumanji version of this would have worked. Like, I think that South Park's Imagination Land was a really better version of this. I'm just putting that together now watching this. I'm like, oh, no, it totally is. And that's what's so fucking funny about it. I didn't realize that at all. But Imagination Land is totally never ending story. And uh, and they even have like a stupid song. And, you know, it's <laughs> it totally is. Imagine but yeah it's that's a much better version of this too like i think i I mean and so i i don't hate that concept and i just really really prefer the way that matt and trey did it i mean one of my favorite favorite moments in south park definitely and also just like up there on um tv quotes is when stan is giving his like last big speech in imagination land to stop them from nuking it right oh he's like he's like isn't you know, didn't Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter have a bigger influence on your life than all these things that are real? Right. Like that resonates. That was like a really good way of saying what I feel like this movie is trying to say, but it's failing so badly. And the whole time I was just like, this is awful. Like, yeah, clap if you believe in fairies and let's all go home. Like Like, genuinely. (laughs) No. And I'm like, I'm watching this now as an adult. Like I can't even get my thoughts together because I still feel really bad about what I said about bullying, but (laughs) No, you're fine. I know, but I I feel like the message for this movie is so not clear. It it, it just it it is so hard to find the point of this is believe in yourself and your dreams are okay because I I need you guys to understand this is not made very clear and it well it somewhat is but it's only made clear at the end of the movie. The nothing is an invisible chaotic force that is the embodiment of the loss of hopes and dreams in adults. Right. And so the thing that makes Fantasia powerful and continue to grow and expands upon the never ending story is the imagination and dreams of the readers. And the thing that like compounds all of it is while Bastion is reading the story of Atreyu, there are people in other worlds and other universes reading the story of Bastion. And that's the message is like, you might think you're having an impact on something when in reality, other people are watching are having an impact on you without you even realizing it. And I have no idea if that's really the story or not. I'm just, or if that's really the point of this movie, I don't fucking know. I don't know what the lesson to be learned from this movie is because Everything is resolved by Bastion believing in his dreams, which he already did to begin with. This basically just told him the story. (laughs) This basically just told him to tell his dad to fuck off. Right. A little bit. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot like, um, like elf is kind of the same story. Believe in Santa. Believe oh, in yeah. which also they scream in imagination. Oh my God. Believe in Santa. <laughs> but uh yeah i think those actually both are kind of knockoffs of this concept that do it better of like and, yeah. and tinkerbell it is the same thing right you have to believe in fairies clap if you believe in fairies and then she comes back to life so a lot of stories have this trope where yeah. you have to and it and it is like reconnecting 
with your youth in a lot of versions of it, right? Like oh, yeah, I think for Hook sure. is that um, to an extent, you know, reconnect and believe. God, and, I love that movie. Uh, yeah. It, actually, Elf is probably the best example of where it's like adults who have to connect back to it. Yeah. Um, I think Elf and Hook are probably the two best examples of adults relearning what it was like to believe in something. Oh, and also Peter Pan returned to Neverland, lest we forget. Oh, my God. I did forget. Mm-hmm. That went to theaters. So, um, there like, <laughs> there's a our new Peter, Peter Pan, Pan episode like for every, like, 12 minutes. I know. And none of them are good. And I'm still waiting for them to do one that's, like, not, they won't. not either the worst or just, like, so racist that, it, that you can't. I know. And, I just, and it's I'm because like, everybody's so obsessed with, hey, Peter could be played by a boy or a girl. Okay, great. We're past that. Could we get to, like, the actual meat of the story? Well, I mean, I don't even think we've had a movie with a female Peter. No, it's usually just the stage play that has a female Peter. Yeah, stage play always has had. But that's that's been the case on stage since Shakespeare. Where it's different genders playing. Like, yeah. that's like a stage thing that, you know. That's what um, Hairsprays did. That, yeah, that's just that's just the stage. It's not like we've ever seen that in a movie. That's oh, a, yeah. Which is like, that would maybe even be refreshing. Like, I, it's just always terrible. But anyway, so was this. And I think that they could have done it. Like, it, like listeners, do yourself a favor. Don't watch Never Ending Story. Watch Imagination <laughs> Land parts one through three. That is the better version of this. And that's what I was saying kind of at the start of this, where I think that um, you could remake this movie without the rights. Like if you want, if you're really like, you wouldn't be able to capitalize off the name. I understand that. Like that's what what the legal kerfuffle is about. Yeah. It's just using the names and the events and stuff like that. But you could totally make a more modernized version of this with a more clear cut story and just a better overall experience without even really needing like, you know, and I'm not saying like copy it because we have a lot of issues with films being copied right now. Like if anybody's not aware, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is being remade on Netflix coming up here pretty soon. And it is a 100% copy of Halloween kills. So it, I'm not saying that copying it is a good idea. I know it fucking pissed me off. No, but you could do, I I think what I'm saying is like, you could do this like without any of the characters, like this concept, this idea could be done really, really well. Yeah. Outside of this, you just wouldn't have, you know, all of the same characters and the same exact plot line and the same title. But I mean, they should, they should make, they should make book Jumaji straight up straight up they should it would be so cool or they should make a movie out of those books that i can't remember the name of that are so cool and they have this catchy little name did you ever read inkheart no or watch the movie Mm -mm. Uh, it's basically the reverse of this kind of there were people born in the world that could read a book and then make whatever happened in the book come to life by reading it out loud oh that's cool so that's a lot like jumanji yeah I, I highly encourage anybody to re- at least watch the movie if you don't want to read the book. If you're not a big reader, that's fine. I feel bad for you, but that's fine. Have you read the book for Neverending Story? No, God, no. I only read good books. But um, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I no, I this was, was this was not a book that I wanted to read. Around the time that I realized this was based on a book when I was a kid was when I was getting into shit like The Chronicles of Redwall. Which is a fucking dope book series if no one's ever heard of that shit. Is um, Redwall the one with the mice? The mice. And it's like yeah, a yeah, medieval Redwall's mice sweet. story. Yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, was yeah. cool as fuck. They made a movie, I think, that was not terrible. I didn't see it, but they... they really? I didn't know that. I think so. Or they're going to. Redwall was really cool. They used to read that aloud to us in school. That was like the reading time. Right. We were reading Redwall when we yeah, were kids. Yeah, it was kids, fucking cool, read it out to us. It was so cool. Or like, I'm dating myself here, but like the the stuff that we were told to read in school i have never read a, I there was never a book in high school that i hated reading i love the pearl i love great gatsby i love to kill a mockingbird fucking um midsummer night's dream which ironically andrew and anna and i were talking about last night about how hard it is to read shakespeare and i've never found that ever so that was weird um but no i this was never a book that i i like 
read or sought after because i had the movie like when i was a kid obviously i'm a kid i'm like oh i can just watch the movie like but i kind of feel like i would want to read the book going f- like a small like maybe 0.1 percent of me wants to read this book well i wonder if it's good because if the author hated the movie that much like i do like maybe maybe that's what i cannot to save my life i'm quiet right now because i'm trying to find the name of this freaking book series and i don't know what it is so my bad so anyway why are you even here i brought you on specifically <laughs> so you give to me talk about stuff other than fans. the never-ending stories um are we ready to start moving towards wrapping this up yeah i um i think we all basically know what Lindsay and i gave this movie i gave i so i think this is a weird trend that i'm noticing in myself with these movies that we just are not liking the number one thing that keeps coming up is I love the music in this. I might not like the movie, but the music in this movie is not terrible. The music through most of the eighties was pretty okay. Like yeah. a lot of what we've done has had like, I think um, like Indiana Jones is a good example. Oh yeah, like, of course they have like really talented composers who are attached to this stuff. So even when it's not very good. Yeah. And just the eighties music is kind of fun. So I feel you like I, yeah, yeah. the theme song was fun. I mean, that's what gets carried over into Stranger Things, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the best part. That's really all of it. It's just the theme song. I think more people yeah. love the theme song than they actually do like this movie. But I hope so. I in in the vein of like music, um, one of my favorite fun facts actually is from this movie uh, about mu- two of my favorite bands of all time actually were influenced by this movie. Um, Corn actually titled their fourteenth album "The Nothing." But it was titled the nothing. This is really dark, but it was titled the nothing because frontman Jonathan Davis's uh, estranged wife Devin passed away, and he was having a very difficult time dealing with it. And so he, in a way to like deal with it and kind of come to terms, decided to name their fourteenth album the Nothing. Likewise, most people will know them by their now popular name but the band retribution actually changed their name to atreyu in 1998 after several members and musical styles changed before they like landed on actually sticking with atreyu and i love atreyu they're actually one of my favorite bands of all time um but then my last other fun fact because we were we did kind of skip over the one emotionally like decimating scene is fucking artax dying in the swamp of sadness oh my god yeah what the fuck i know um that was really out of nowhere and fucked yeah Yeah, it was it was insane um you will be pleased to know that noah hathaway actually did purchase that horse but he was not able to bring it back to the united states with him so it ended up being sold he sold it to a ranch um, oh, that's cool. so it could like live out its days you know as horses do or whatever um but speaking of noah hathaway and the swamp of sadness fun fact for you guys noah hathaway who again plays atreyu died almost three times on the set of this movie like legitimately almost died when he was first learning to ride artax he was thrown from the horse and the horse stamped on his chest like okay that would have been enough for me to be like nope my kid's out of here fuck nope oh definitely right yeah Yeah. that would have been the end yeah especially to know that he like went on to not have a career i know that he went on to become like a fucking like tattoo artist but here's what which is cool there's nothing wrong with that but he he didn't go on and this like this doesn't seem to have paid off no and i kind of do want to visit his shop someday just to be like hey i've been here like i almost loved your movie um but the more crazy one is in the swamp of sadness scene, um, there was an el- there's an underwater elevator that like lowers the horse slowly or whatever, like to give it the illusion of sinking. But obviously, like it's fine. Um, but mm-hmm. Noah Hathaway's foot got stuck in the mechanism that pulls them down, and he was pulled underneath the water, and was not recovered until he had already lost consciousness. That is so bad. That's in fucking sane to me. 
This is again the 80s. This is yeah. like the real meta shit creeping in of like nobody was taking care of the kids. No, no one was taking care of. Dude, what <laughs> fucking Ralph Macchio actually got his ass kicked in Karate Kid. This kid almost yeah. died. Oh, and the other one um, at the end of the movie during the climax when Atreyu battles Gamork and the prosthetic of Gamork like jumps out of the cave, the claw from his fucking right paw almost took Noah Hathaway's eye off. Like just straight up, almost took his eye out. It, I feel it's, like like no one was looking after these kids at all. You do not hear about that kind of stuff happening on sets today. Like occasionally, you'll hear about. Obviously, there are still we like have, deaths on yeah. set and things like that. But uh, for the most part, you know, like we have like every movie we've done, we're like, oh, and this is how somebody almost died doing this. I know. And I feel like you don't hear that as often anymore. So no. it's yeah, but yeah, I. To put a number on it, I gave this a 1 out of 10. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Fantasy nerd Jumanji is attractive to me, but this execution was terrible, and it, it's just no. Yeah. I, I think the fact that no. Michael Ende hated it enough to pull a P.L. Travers, I think, is enough for me to go back on my childhood and, and watch this as an adult now and be like, no, this like, was not a good movie. How are there three fucking movies when that's the case, though, right? Like, that's what surprises me. Is that's that the thing. Like, the third the one is not based on so any long. of his writing. It's them trying to cash in on the popularity of this movie, which it wasn't even that popular. Like, this was, like, the uh, 12th highest grossing film of no, 1984. No, this is, like, nerd shit, man. Yeah. This is, like, hardcore nerd shit right here. I think everybody wanted to be the next Lord of the Rings. I guess so, but they, it was like the Lord of the Rings was still the Lord of the Rings was just going through its resurgence. So that makes sense because the Lord of the Rings yeah. resurgence in the 70s and 80s is what fueled Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, absolutely. that fueled Never Ending Story. And so it's all kind of part of that piece of of nerd history, which I appreciate because it was like a very cool time um, for nerds, even even cooler now. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really uh, you know it was it was fun when you were like in the privacy of your basement, but it was tough times yeah. otherwise. But and now uh, it's like you're cool if you fucking play it. Like everybody's yeah, finding out, like you... Henry Cavill plays D and D, or or fucking Terry Crews builds gaming computers, like shit like that makes you cool and relatable now. I want to play D and D so bad, dude. Me too. I have a whole fucking book and like three sets of metal dice. It's, I have like never played, and I really, really want to. And I'll see if I can get Andrew and Anna to play with, and Chris to make another campaign, and we'll we'll because well, that's the thing, right? It's like people are in the middle of shit. They have like characters that they've had for. It's hard to yeah. just like be brand new to it, you know. So it is. It's tough. That's a bummer, but. Do we have anything else to say about this movie? No. The only thing I am going to say, because we did, I can't give this a villain rating because the villain rating was like an invisible thing. But again, the villain was the nothing, which is this like mystical, invisible force meant to emphasize and embody the loss of hopes and dreams amongst like adults. Um, You know, because, you know, they're, like they're opting into as they get a, and older they opt to like moderate almost forgotten happiness style lives as bastion's dad very clearly has done he is no nonsense all business no happiness whatever the symbolism is there and it is suitable to make for a compelling adversary in bastion's quest to believe in the things he's dreaming about and his imagination the problem is it falls apart because not every adult is like bastion's dad the bookkeeper or the the guy who owns the bookstore is fucking all about imagination and dreams and shit so while i appreciate the parallel that the nothing is supposed to be the embodiment of how bastion sees his dad there's no way if we're actually like focusing on what she says the nothing is made of there's no way it would be as powerful as it is it's just there's no way it it, it could not exist that way because not every adult is like bastion's dad people are genuinely happy I get what it's trying to do, but yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't talk about this explicitly enough to get that far yeah. with it, I think. Like, and um, to further plug things that aren't this movie, listeners, <laughs> do yourself a favor. If you are interested in that aspect of the storyline, um, please don't watch this movie. Watch the Lego movie. It's Hell excellent. yeah. That's a perfect example. Yep. I'm going to go watch uh, the this, after this. This whole thing done better in other 
parts yep. of the timeline. I think like, that's I, what we're learning from this. Was never any story. It was a movie that every movie did better than. It tried, but you know what I mean? I guess it, the one point that it gets for me is like first setting up those building blocks for other yeah. things to suck less, you know? Like these concepts get done really well in lots of other movies. I mean, Jumanji itself included, right? Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I really think like <laughs> they, they have a lot of shared DNA and I that's awesome, you know? But uh, this was very much a first pancake for all of these cool concepts. So do yourself a favor and check out... The Lego movie <laughs> and all the Jumanji movies and Imagination Land and uh, Elf. And there's so many, so many better versions of this. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we, we hope you enjoyed yourselves and got some some hints on other movies to watch that are not the never ending story, which I cannot, cannot encourage you to go watch. Um, but check us out next week for a movie I will encourage you to go watch, which is The Breakfast Club. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media. You can find links for the sites and the social media in the episode description. If you want to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon or check out our website. Ooh, Timeline Goodies. That reminds me. Future. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I wanted to let you guys know, if you do subscribe to the Patreon, I, we are going to be starting a small mini series called On in the Background talking about all of the shows that people are watching when they're well stuck working at home. So if you guys are interested in looking for something that you should be watching while you're working at home, subscribe to the Patreon. You'll have full access to every mini episode that we make. Um, sorry, take it away, Lindsay. My bad. You're fine. No, good call. Cause that <laughs> is going to be super, super fun and give us a chance to talk about some of the things that we're not like covering. Like for instance, I recommend inventing Anna right now. Um, so we're not going to be covering oh, yeah. it, but also Inventing Anna was really good um, on Netflix. So check us out on the Patreon. Check out the website and stay nerdy and we'll see you guys for the Breakfast Club. See ya.